Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Health Binge. I'm Adam Lahey and beside me here as always is... Stephen Ryan. We missed an episode last week. I was selfishly moving house. So now we're here in an all new venue, even though Stephen says it's remarkably similar. Yeah, it still has all of the trappings of atomisms. What's an atomism? It's something to do with that one from Breakfast to Tiffany's. Anything to do with her, really. <laughs> Fair enough. We've been away for a week. We're back now. And I think that was a good week to take it because we've just been working for a month. You've been busy in the week. We've been away. Uh, yeah, it sort of uh, drew a line under it. Yes. So how has it been? Before we crack into Stephen's diary, just a general little, you feel good in the last two weeks? Yeah, no, I really kicked up the, like, after I had left here and I weighed in the last time, I was really disappointed and I kind of used that as an impetus to push forward. And I, like, one of my checklist items at the end was that I wanted to run five kilometres, but I was so pissed off that I decided I'd just go out and run. That evening I ran seven and a half kilometres and the following morning I got up and ran 11 and a half kilometres. So I just kind of went and forest gumped it up. You were very upset when we finished it. And in terms of response, episode four was the one that we got most response on. And everybody could tell how down you were. Yeah, it was very frustrating because the previous week I'd gone, okay, I'm still down. That was great. You know, things hadn't really come together. I'd been sick or whatever, I think it was that week. And then the following week when, you know, I put in a Trojan effort and then I was still only down one pound. That was sort of soul-destroying. But looking back now, can you kind of see how, yeah, you did totally up your your training, but that was kind of supplemented by not great eating? Yeah, but even when I was eating, what I was eating, I didn't feel was ter- terrible. Now, I've changed up the, like, after meeting uh, Laura Slattery, the manner and the routine, the attitude a bit. But even still, looking back at it, I can't kind of pinpoint where it all went horribly wrong. The sweets. Was that the week of the sweets? It was the week of the sweets. Oh, well, that would do it, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's, we're, we're back now. We're going to Stephen's diary. And my jingle, ba-da-da-ba, Stephen's diary. Actually, because we've been away, where is this picking up from? Yeah, I'll talk generally kind of what happened, and I'll pick up uh, more specifically from Monday. Monday, okay. Okay. Since we last left off, I had a really busy week. Tuesday evening, I went, I had to drive to Dublin after we met with Laura and I was in the final of the Forbidden Fruit Comedy Competition, which I won. Hey. Which was nice. And then I came down that evening, got up the following morning, and I had my Viva where I had to defend my thesis. And uh, I defended it successfully. Hey. <laughs> so that was a busy couple of days. Then I went sort of into uh, celebratory mode, but I didn't drop the ball on it complete on the dieting completely but i didn't really apply laura's advice until monday uh there was a lot of boozing done over the weekend but at the same time i was very cognizant of the damage that i could do on thursday evening i went to playing football against hula in hula hula we won because they gave us a walkover but we lost in the friendly in the challenge match that we played them second came second in that yeah but i played the entire match which was bit jolting then i got up on the friday morning all this was sort of happening in the midst of my celebratory phase phase. but i got up the following morning and i ran 11 and a half kilometers 
Hey. We got up the following day um, and I went for my 11 and a half kilometer run again. I've sort of, since Monday, I've almost been going full time at this. You know, it's, it's really been dominating my mind. See, as well, I'm tired, so I can't get up in the morning because I'm too tired to get up in the morning from having done the exercise the previous day. So it's into the afternoon. But would you not break it down a bit and make it easier to get up in the morning, therefore kind of... I don't think domino I, I don't think I could. I think it's just a case of I have to endure this until I'm at a point whereby it doesn't take as much out of me anymore. Well, would I'm you not make it fitter. a 10 kilometre run? 11 and a half is very specific. 11. So I imagine you're just running this particular country route. I'm running the, a particular country route, but it it's it's a circular route. Yeah, okay. So, it, you know, I leave and I do the route and it brings me back home oh. again. Yeah, okay, I get you. So it's, you know, it's not like I, I set out to do 10k. Now, I will say after about eight kilometres I was falling. So I just, I thought, I'd walk the rest of it I had thought there is another route there that's about seven and a half kilometres but I'd sooner run eight kilometres and walk three than, than, than drop off this route and kind of fall back onto the seven and a half one because well, once you're out you could, if it was a circular road you couldn't turn back anyway no but I could could just go for the other route whereas if I, if I do stay with this route even though I'm not maybe running like I have ran it in its entirety but uh, in the heat, I just wasn't able. Yeah. I was getting dehydrated and stuff. So the next day, then, I also set out to do my 11.5 kilometre run. But it, this time I brought the water with me. And again, after about 8 kilometres, that gone. And I was also getting really hungry. So I started walking. But you never ran home because, it, you know... Oh, no, I was, like, low in energy. I was kind of falling, like... Yeah. So I just I didn't have the energy to run. So Did just, you fall? No, no. Um, no, I was just, you know, kind of... Oh, it's genuinely is. disappointing. So that was uh, pretty much my week. I was going to go for a run this morning, it was in my... And then I thought, no, I best not, because we're in the final of the East League hurling. Who's we? I'm not in no final. Uh, and uh, are playing against Doon this evening in Carrick Condition. Very nice. So you've got to make sure that you run up to 11.5k while you're on the pitch. So, yeah, so I decided it would be rather remiss of me to go for an 11.5km run before a match. That's actually, you should try to get a pedometer on you when you're playing your match and see how far you run while you're playing. Mm. Yesterday as well then, I, I actually neglected to say this yesterday, uh, I had a gig in Waterford with uh, John Spillane and Andy Joyce. We were all heading down. Yes, I saw the Snapchats. I got Snapchats from of you and, and John floundering around in the water. Yeah. And I was sitting here working going... Ah. So we got told to go to Tremor. Andy drove us. Andy then stood in the, the surf with his knees. He didn't go swimming? No, but myself and John went in for... We could only go in for a half an hour. It was very cold. Do you know what though? He was absolutely sound about it because I did. I didn't realize it was you in the picture. I just saw this big fella out in out in the waves. I thought it might have been one of his mates, and I was like, "Oh, you're in tomorrow. Go to Dooley's. Is there a deadly chipper?" He's like, "No, no, we can't. Can't go to a chipper when Stephen's here." Yeah. But I thought that that was just a really yeah. generally supportive and nice thing to say. Yeah, no. In fairness to him, he was very like we went to the gig, and I had to get something deep for the gig because after the swim, I was falling with the hunger. And, yeah, I felt like even if I wanted to do wrong, I couldn't because... In front of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, which was a good good way to be. Fair uh, play. That's that's genuine. And Andy has constantly been, been kind of giving his feedback to it. And he seems very, very into you succeeding. Yeah. And it was, it was great to get to go to the beach as well. 
We're going to move on to the quick meals now. In case anyone listening doesn't remember, I was massively disappointed last time when I asked you to make three and you came back with quesadillas as two of them. How would you get on this time? All right. Like, none of it is very adventurous. But you can you can work on being adventurous. Yeah, you know, like, I was going to include as the porridge, which was very simply made. Get the porridge, get the water, found the water onto the porridge. Take the piss. Let it congeal and then uh, throw berries and seeds into it. So that's one. Okay, so what berries and seeds? Uh, treat this as you're, you're teaching our listeners. Okay, my, uh, my summer berries that I got in Duns, which are rather cheap. Like, I was quite, quite delighted because I was looking at fresh berries inside in Duns when I was buying them. I will say one thing I have noticed about eating healthy is you like it costs a freaking bomb yeah. if you're if you let it. Yeah. And I just don't have the money at the minute. Because I went into the health food shop, I was going to buy just some of the things, chia seeds and stuff, and I had to kind of just back away not today because I just didn't have the money to yeah to go buying it. So I more or less just raided Duns for what I could get out of it. Um, Good. I got my kumquats and my salises and Duns because they were inexpensive and they were like ah, I've never heard of them before I'm going to get them and my mixed seeds were a bag that said mixed seeds on them it's a, it's a big progression that's good okay so that that's one of your meals so yeah yeah, yeah. now my sweet potatoes was I got sweet potato and I kind of cut them up put them into the air fryer now I tried it twice first day I just found them into the air fryer Bang. and I kept waiting for them to kind of go crispy and then I left them in for a little too long and I think I actually could have posted it on Snapchat and I think I captioned it. Should have been a five minute meal. Oh God, is that what that was? They all came out black. I thought that was like kind of cast offs. No, that was one of them. <laughs> okay. It, it was actually, it was okay, but like I, I've obviously had to take out the burning bits and I, mm-hmm. the rest of it was still a bit mushy. So it was kind of like weird. Okay, so take us through the steps of that. You get your sweet potatoes, chop them. Chop them up, put them in the air fryer. Okay, I'm going to let this slide for this week because you're doing so well with reading and stuff. But I do need to insist that a quick meal has to consist of more than one ingredient. Okay. <laughs> my, my third one, again, it lacks imagination. What I did was I, I just had got ham, put ham on the plate yep. so that I'd get uh, a meat. I scrambled eggs. This was where it went a bit awry on me in terms of portions. Because I was going, I don't really know. Because I've never scrambled eggs for like one person for this small amount. So I put in two eggs and a bit of milk. You got a heap out of it. Yeah, more than I, I anticipated. Also, I don't know how much milk to put in for like one egg. So I did that and I boiled my mushrooms, put my mushrooms, uh, washed them obviously, put them into a pot, brought them, put some olive oil in, brought them to the boil. And they're lovely and soft, but they hold a nice mushroomy texture. Okay. So that's your ham, eggs, mushrooms. Yeah, that works as a, as a quick meal. And that, that took you, how long did that take? It took me about probably 10 minutes or so. Good. Like chopping to plate, 15 minutes. Yeah, Great. I didn't even chop the mushrooms. I just found them in. Found. And like the ham was already ready. So it was really just waiting for the scrambled eggs to come around. Okay, and people can also keep up with Stephen's quick meals on Snapchat. Just add health binge, and you can see his his burnt sweet potatoes. <laughs> Good. No, that's that's much better. Uh, again, you know, with more than one in- ingredient for next week, maybe, but a portion of a sweet potato chips is certainly better than two quesadillas with a whole pack of cheese in it. 
you, you're having a go at the quesadillas. They weren't that bad. I'm sure I would they were still delicious. Stand over a quesadilla as being fine. Cheese with protein, carbs in the thing. Uh, oh, I regret ever introducing you to nutritionist. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know, but she also said it has a lot of fat. In fact, to quote her directly, it has a lot of fat. Yeah. <laughs> I probably should put in some, some more veg or something. Into it. Sure. Yeah, do you know what? That, that ham, eggs and, and, and mushrooms, you could add like cauliflower or carrot. Yeah, I wasn't sure are mushrooms, vegetables as such. They are fungi. And whether you count that as vegetable or not, I don't know. They're very grey-looking vegetables. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's, that, that's the, the, the quick meals. We'll come back with... I also had week. berries with that, so... Because I wanted to make sure that I got... With what? My scrambled eggs, boiled mushrooms and ham. Berries? Uh, yeah, the boiled berries next to it. Did you eat the berries after? Yeah. Or at the same time? Well, like I ate that and then I moved on to the Oh, bed. so it was like a dessert? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That's, but that's I less weird. Food diary time. Apparently this is some listeners' favourite sections. Maybe now we'll find out why. But give us your food diary. Okay, my food diary uh, kicked in because I don't want to be just saying drank a lot of booze over the week so i don't want to be going into the details of that so i'm kicking it up from monday kicking it up means i'm just neglecting to tell you the bad things i've done (laughs) um pretty much it's also when i i went shopping on either monday morning or sunday evening to get stuff because i wanted to try and kick into the advice lord slattery had given me i had went when while i was in dublin over the weekend, I went and bought a lunchbox, which I have yet to use. And I bought an infuser, which I am delighted with. That's a metaphor for your, like, your whole success is in your hand. Yeah. I think it's also, in some respects, it acts as a reminder. I'm looking at this mint and kumquat inside my water, and it kind of reminds me that I'm... Because I'm bringing yeah. it everywhere with me. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a word for that. Totem. So, on Monday, I got up very late because I was whacked after the weekend got up at three and i had chicken potatoes carrots and onion and then in the evening time i had tea and i had this portion of sweet potatoes on its own yeah okay i had him as a sort of a even snack okay yeah i get you so then tuesday i was kind of back into a normal day but i got up in the morning and i had bowl of berries scrambled egg boiled mushrooms and ham and then I went for my run after that, and at three o'clock I had carrot, onion, potato, and chicken, same as the previous day. And then at nine in the evening I had a sweet potatoes, and I also had some faisalas and kumquats. And then on Wednesday yesterday I got up in 11.30, I had porridge with berries and seeds mixed through. Kind of berries? I saw that in the Snapchat, they look very nice. Summer fruit berries. Okay. And then at 3.30, I had trout for my dinner with some mashed potatoes and beans. Okay. And then at 8.30, for the gig, I had my salad. And then at 11, I had two Guinness and one slice of pizza. They had free pizza at the thing, and I just wanted a taste. Was it a big slice? No, not really. It's quite a small slice. Yeah, I know. There's no need to, to punish yourself over it. It was more just for the taste. That was like almost the perfect day up until... Until the, the gig. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I was looking at it going, oh, well, there's a big out gap there as well then. But but no, yeah, look. I need to throw in, just, but I, in some respects, I'm not sure what I should be snacking on. I probably should get the hummus and all that kind of jazz. 
Yeah, even the fact that you kind of go with the hummus and that kind of jazz implies there's this barrier of inaccessibility mm-hmm. in your head that you, you don't get them yet. But I think this is an improvement nonetheless. It's I'm certainly also an improvement. I'm very much trying to get uh, like the, the carbs, fruits, proteins. I'm trying to work this. This is... The plate structure. Yeah. I saw it. Now, you had it backwards when you posted it on Facebook the other day. What, I had protein first. That you had it, half a plate was, was meat and then half was... Uh, the other morning. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was brilliant as well because you were t- you took it so literally that you literally divided the plate. You could see like almost where you'd drawn the lines with the ruler of like, this is my carbs bit. <laughs> and I got a message from Nick yesterday and I'm not sure what he, which one he was referring to because it was after I had my porridge, berries and seeds. He was saying I was eating too much but I don't know whether he thought that this was a no it's not I imagine that's the same plate I'm talking about because he messaged me I get so many messages about your eating constantly (laughs) I'm always getting messages saying uh, Stephen's portions are too big or Jesus Stephen's really you know and but yeah that was again though I was cooking these things and I was trying to balance it but then again when you look at it the portions there a lot of it a lot of it was boiled mushrooms which are like eating nothing, I think. Yeah, no, it all comes back to actually knowing what a portion should be because overeating can be just as, as bad as yeah eating the wrong thing. But yeah, that's a huge step up. You should be very proud of yourself from Monday there. But I do have to ask because we've already acknowledged that you've just kind of written off another couple of days. What, what had it been before Monday? Actually, Sunday, I just had fry. I had some popcorn. And a bottle of wine. In the morning? Y- yes. I was filming and it was set in the evening and I was meant to eat popcorn. And I was also, part of the thing was I was to down wine and they, they just had real wine. And they gave you real wine? Uh, they had a bottle of real wine there, so they gave me real wine. Which was fine for me because, quite frankly, I had been already sort of on a quite the bender. <laughs> it wasn't like I was kind of going, being prudish about it. I came in kind of stinking. <laughs> What what time had you finished the bottle of wine by? I started filming at about ten. I was probably twelve. Wow, so. wow, that's like a housewife problem right there. <laughs> well, it was so, but then, it, and I think I had one pint later on the day, and that was yeah, that was all I had on Sunday. I think your husband just needs to give you more attention. That that amount of wine, <laughs> and even like when I went for a bag of chips, I didn't get a meal. I just got. Chips. I just got the chips. Well done. You know, I didn't go for, um, which I normally would have. I'd have, like, I'm already here. Yeah, in for a penny, in for a quarter pounder. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But, no, I just went for my chips and that was it. Brilliant. You know what? You should be really proud of that. Thank you. We're talking about the challenge now. Yep. Last week we went and met a nutritionist. You're still feeling the benefits of that. Mm hmm. So, before I even go into this week, because I'm not sure we discussed it much last week. Laura was brilliant. She was, yeah. She was so helpful. She even sent me on an email that I, that I forwarded it to you with just recipes and websites and things. So incredibly helpful. She was, yeah. Do check Laura out. They've just had their fair in Greystones. Just put into Facebook, Healthy Ever After, and you'll find them. They seem very professional. Laura was fantastic. The rest of them are an indicator on her. They're all great. This week, we're going back to the, the, the fun stuff. I thought let's try and make a blend of nearly everything you've done so far. That'll incorporate, you know, your strength that you learned with, with your weightlifting and 
the prowess that you got while pole dancing and I, I decided let's try out some capoeira. Now capoeira is a Brazilian form of martial art and dance. If you've ever played the game Tekken, you know the Tekken video game, the fighting game? Mm. There's a character called Eddie and he just spins around and you can barely hit him. That's capoeira. Okay. It's Brazilian fight dancing. Yes. Do you actually hit anyone? Or is yes, it, you do. Now, when you see it... Because I'm just, I'm just like, my, my go-to reference with Capoeira is um, Bob's Burgers. There's a character in it and he's uh, in charge of sexy fight dancing. Um, well, mainly what it's, it's, the way it's done in Ireland anyway, and I think most of Europe, is that it's considered more as a performance thing to an accompaniment of samba or America 2 music. Okay. Uh, so when you see them, you see them often in parades and stuff, they'll be doing their high kicks, but they'll kick over someone's head as opposed to in the head. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's become like a performance. Now these guys that we're going meeting, I'm not sure what way they incorporated, whether it's, it's music-based or whether it's an actual martial art, but there's not going to be a huge difference because it's the same movements. A lot of these guys have like the legs up over their heads Moving around on their hands. I thought I'd say have a fairly high kick. When's the last time you kicked over your head? I don't know. Do you want to see how far how high I can kick? Yes, I do. You said that with like a childish glee. So that's about. So it's up to your nose. What height are you? Six foot. No, I say five seven. You're doing it again now. Good. Oh, oh my groin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a bad choice. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> well, that's the end of my capoeira. <laughs> um, well, it was good to get that that uh, that little bit of practice in so you know where you're at. Mm. Is your groin okay? Yeah, I think. Okay. That, I wasn't expecting that to happen, but you seem so childishly happy about doing it. <laughs> Uh, do you know what that was a, a, for a fellow your size and like what I imagine your flexibility would have been that was really good so you're obviously way more flexible than you'd think yeah, yeah. And th- th- this would then I think will be easier than I hoped <laughs> that it, it, it is all around like moving around on your hands and, and throwing your legs up and if they do a lot of backflips oh god no <laughs> I I could never do that I can cartwheel that comes into it as well in ways from, from what I've seen of it I, I'm really excited about seeing you doing capoeira because like personally I, I spent a couple of years playing Brazilian music so I would have seen uh, these performances a couple of times and it's crazy to watch it's so physical it's so intense and some of these guys can do it for up to if they're in a parade or something they can do it for up to five hours just non-stop just running and running it seems unbelievable hmm. so have you any what are your thoughts on it now yeah I will say in advance, it probably would be no harm for me to uh, to start doing some stretches because I yes. feel very immobile at the minute, and I think a few stretches might help. Just just again to get the benefit of the thing, and um, not to be kind of because it is something that like I'm sure I can do at a beginner at a very beginner level. Uh, like it won't be completely awful. Yeah. You know, because again, unlike roller skating, I'm not going to just fall down. So, like, I have the basics whereby I can stand without falling over. And that's... So I don't think I'd be absolutely awful, but I think in order to kind of enjoy it a bit more, I probably should start doing stretches. 
So you think you can own this? You think you can? I don't think I can own it, but I think I can uh, not make a complete dumbass of myself. Unless, of course, everyone there is already brilliant at it. Which yeah. is that's not what happened, yes. Well, let's find out. We're here in Cork at Capoeira Camara with Paolo. How you doing? Good, thanks. We've just done a, a pretty, well, I say we, Stephen's just done a pretty intensive lesson. And we're going to have a quick chat about capoeira now. Can you give us, like, a for anyone who's never heard of it, what is capoeira in its most basic sense? For sure. Capoeira is an Afro-Brazilian art form that was developed over 400 years ago by the African slaves in Brazil. So it combines elements of martial arts, dance, acrobatics, and music, and it puts them all in one. The reasoning behind it was that the slaves were looking for a way to defend themselves. Obviously, nobody, like their slave masters, wouldn't want to have them defend themselves, so they had to hide it and disguise it somehow. So the Portuguese slave masters were very different than the English ones, where they would actually just let them practice their cultures if they wanted to. And so in this case, whenever they would practice capoeira or like to fight, they would also do it with dance. So if anybody saw them, they would just start dancing and whatnot. So this is how it developed. So it was hidden as a, a martial art hidden within a dance. Nowadays, it's changed a lot. And, you know, that's why I personally like to call it an art form as opposed to a martial art. Yeah. Is that a common thread amongst capoeira everywhere that it would be an art form rather than a martial art? Is that a sort of a common consensus or is, is it a debated point? It really depends on group to group, person to person. So you know how other martial arts have um, a body, a governing body? Yeah. Mm. So capoeira is, what's amazing about it is there is still no real governing body. So from group to group, you will find huge differences in philosophy, in history, in uh, ranking, in titles, in everything, right? So even the colors of the belts change from group to group. It's not a standardized thing. Some groups really focus on that fighting aspect. Other groups tend to focus on the acrobatics. If you go on the streets of Bahia, you'll see very performancey capoeira for tourists, you know, so mm. it's more of street performance. If you go to, say, Hasifi, you'll see a lot of fights break out on the street in a capoeira hada. If you go to somewhere else, you might see what we call the game happening. So I think the, the overall trend is towards the game of capoeira. Okay. So we, when we play capoeira, we call it playing. We don't call it fighting capoeira. Now, a game can be really friendly. It can be really crafty. It can be semi-friendly but tough, like neither of us is really going at each other, but we're playing a very tough game where, you know, I'm trying to hit you, you're trying to hit me. And sometimes people's egos gets in their way and a game just turns into a fight. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's not common, especially here in Europe, but it's a potential, right? And I like to tell everybody that's a potential in Capoeira. Now, no one's required to fight, no one's required to do anything there uncomfortable with but at the same time you know you have to always be ready to defend yourself yeah. we haven't lost the martial aspect it hasn't gone away and i think that's where the debate is now i think it's incomplete to say that capoeira is a martial art it's not crediting it enough okay so yeah but we always say it's a martial art and it's acrobatics and it's dance mm. and it's music yeah, it's more all-encompassing. Exactly. So one of the most brilliant points I've ever seen about capoeira that I tell people is I've never seen an art form that has, like a, a martial art or an art form such as this, that's led people to so many different avenues in life. I've started capoeira with a lot of people that have moved on to other things, but I know that a lot of capoeiristas I knew 
capoeira was their gateway into being stuntmen and wow. stunt women actually as well because they really enjoyed the acrobatic side and that thing. Other people I know became MMA fighters. So they said, you know what, I'm going to learn capoeira is my base, but I'm going to learn some jiu-jitsu, I'm going to learn some Muay Thai, I'm going to learn some boxing, and I'm going to step in a ring and fight MMA. I've seen capoeiristas turn into musicians. Like for me personally, I'm, I wouldn't call myself necessarily a musician, but it's opened up this world of music that I never had before. So now I lead a, a percussion group. I play in three bands. Like it's, you know, really opened my world to that. And the other point is dancers. I've seen capoeira people, we do some of the traditional dances from back in the day as well. And other people have latched onto those, that dance aspect of capoeira. And they said, wow, I want to learn more about this. And they become dancers. Actually, Andrea Williams, one of the girls in my class tonight, she's really diving into the Brazilian dance and she has a great little dance company. She's just started recently and she's really diving into the dance aspect. So that's why I hate calling capoeira just a martial art because I've never seen a martial art turn somebody into a stuntman or a martial artist or like, sorry, an MMA fighter rather, or a dancer or an acrobat or a musician. It's like, okay, well, this leads to all these different paths, which I think is pretty amazing. That's why I like saying it's an art form. Of course, and because it's so intrinsically linked with the music, and you, you've also in the studio, because people can't see it, because we're <laughs> audio, you've got a studio right beside, what's the band that goes that? Right, so we have uh, this studio here, we have the big space, which is for dance and capoeira and whatnot, just a big wooden floor, and then our small music studio, it's uh, for Blocco Habeldia. Yeah. So when I came to Ireland, I started really diving into the musical aspect, because I missed some of the Brazilian music I used to play with my capoeira teacher back home, he's also a percussionist. Uh, and then I found Maracatuila Brilhante, which is uh, led by Tom Duffy, and I latched onto them, and my passion for music just ignited again. And you know, ever since then, I wanted to bring. I couldn't find a samba band here in Cork, like a I say samba, but a Brazilian music band yeah. here in Cork. And so, under the advice of some of my friends, they're like, "Start one, see, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't exist, start it." And I was like, "All right, fine." And so now we have Bloco Rebeldia playing out of the studio as well and a lot some of my capoeiristas they're ingrained into both they've started with the music and you know then they went to capoeira or some started with capoeira and then they went to the music so yeah it's really cool and you mentioned when you came to to europe you you you're from canada originally right yeah i that was there's a there's a group with the same name in toronto is there an affiliation that's where you came from and, yeah. and decided to open here that's absolutely it yeah so uh, I was born in Portugal, but raised in Canada. And back in the year 2000 in Toronto, I learned from my teacher. That's how I started Capoeira. I found it then. So when I left for Europe, I was at a, a teacher's level. And, you know, I just stayed with my group. And then when I figured I'm settling here in Cork, I said, right, I'm going to bring my, my philosophies and my teachings here. So actually, all my teacher, like my teacher still is in Toronto. Some of my best friends that I grew up playing Capoeira, like I just went to one of their, one of them had an event, his very first event ever in April. So I flew home to participate in that because it was a big milestone for him. He was just here actually in October to participate in ours. So actually September, sorry, to participate in our event. So it's... Builds a lot of friendships through, through just the, the different contacts of the different groupings. I was going to ask about, you mentioned about music and all the other. When, when we formed the circle at the end, I basically hadn't a bull's notion of what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just kind of like, okay, this is what's happening now. Uh, can you you did well, me, by the way. Can you tell me about that? It literally is called a circle. So, Hoda 
R O D A is how we pronounce circle in Portuguese, and that's all that means. Is so if I say make a roda, means make a circle. But the circle, the roda, is where we play capoeira. Like I said earlier, we don't fight capoeira, we don't dance capoeira, we don't acrobat capoeira. <laughs> <laughs> we we play capoeira because yeah. to us it's a game. It's an undefined game, but it's play. So a lot of the words linked to capoeira, like vadiar and mandingar, are words associated with playfulness or like not taking things too seriously. So we call it a game. And that's where the game of capoeira happens. So you saw we trained at the beginning of class and we practiced the movements. And it's kind of like I say to my students, you, you don't go to football practice okay. to not play the football game, right? Like, of you know, course. if your coach is like, okay, I'm going to put you in tomorrow's game. You're like, oh, no, 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 thanks. I just come to practice. <laughs> like, mm. who says that? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of our, that's where we, that's our arena. That's where we get to test ourselves, where we get to, you know, learn more, see what works, what fails, which is great. So that's when you have the instruments at the front. You saw a very small version of it, but normally there's a lot more instruments if we have a full assembly of people. And then everyone's a participant. And that's something that comes from both, I think, the African culture and the indigenous culture. So Kapoeira is a mix of various African cultures because they all got mixed up in their slave quarters. But you had the indigenous influence as well because they were also slaves. So a lot of people don't credit them, but the indigenous peoples of Brazil, the tribes that, that lived in the jungles, also got enslaved. Mm -hmm. Then you also have the Portuguese influence. And that actually comes across in the instruments, in the language, in the some songs are sung about African gods or Afro-Brazilian gods rather, because they've been transported. But some songs are sung to saints. And some songs had a double meaning where you'd be singing to a saint, but really into the slaves' minds, they'd be singing to one of their Afro-Brazilian gods, yeah. right? So that's with the hoda, like that's where it all comes out. And then everyone's a participant. That's the most important part, mm -hmm. is that nobody's an observer. You're all participants and you're all equally responsible for making that hoda alive. The circle, everyone, you have somebody calling a song. You notice it was mostly me, but others can also call. It's no problem. There's no rule against like, hey, you know, you haven't reached a high enough level. It's like, no, no. Anyone can call a song. As long as you learn a song, you can go right ahead and mm. go for it. And then you notice it's all call response. So one person has to have that courage to lead a song, but then everyone responds together. And that's one of the things um, I'd say here in, in the Western world is the hardest for people. I can put their bodies through hell, yeah. but like... You know, when it comes to music, everyone kind of freaks out. They're like, oh, I don't want to do this part. But that's certainly a big thing with Irish people. They're very afraid to kind of put themselves out. Do you think Irish people are, are very receptive to capoeira, especially with the singing and stuff? How do you think they've reacted to the art form? Uh, pretty great, actually. Like, I think it's, I come from a very similar culture. So I'd say mm. Canadians would be very similar to the Irish in this sense, right? It's hard to put yourself out there, especially musically, you know, hard to put something like that on display. But... I think the Irish like have adapted great to this. Like, they have very open minds. You know, the Irish are very well known to be world travelers. You know, so I think as long as they're having the crack, yeah. Once they see it's the crack, <laughs> like, all right, like nobody's judging me here. Like, it's cool. Like, I think at first it is really difficult. Yeah. Because it's so foreign and it's so strange, and you know, we're singing in a different language. People are upside down on their hands. There's these strange drums that are being played it yeah. almost looks like very chanty and like you're like whoa what the heck is going on here and then all of a sudden yeah so once you find yourself in the middle of it you're like 
oh, this is actually kind of good. This is this is good crack. Like, it's oh. true. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask then is the importance of language and linguistics. To uh, you, you already mentioned Portuguese. Is is Portuguese kind of core to this, to capoeira, or is it you happen to learn from somebody else who spoke Portuguese doing it, and you just kind of took that on? It is. It absolutely is. So the official language of capoeira is Portuguese because capoeira is Brazilian. So there's the history of it got lost because when they uh, when the golden rule of you know there's no more slaves came in, they also decided it would be a really good idea to burn records of slavery. So a lot okay. of the, the histories are lost. So a lot of the history is like there's competing theories on the history. That thing I told you about the Afro-Brazilian slaves yeah. use it to protect themselves. There's many sub-theories and all these things, but without getting into all that, it is a uniquely Brazilian thing. So some people are like, oh, it comes from Africa. Eh, not really. Capoeira didn't exist anywhere in Africa, ever. You know, it's a blend of different African nationalities and that indigenous influence and that Portuguese influence all together to mash up in Brazil. Yeah. And then eventually it found its way back to Africa and to Europe and to everywhere. Now it's all over the world. But Portuguese is the core language. So I think that's a really tough part for a lot of people. So does that have any impact on, on how the Brazilians see it? Like uh, for someone from Brazil to be aware of, of Stephen trying out capoeira for the first time and, and just their culture being introduced, it, do, uh, does it kind of blow their minds a little bit? Yeah, it's a bit like going watching a hurling match in, in uh, Hungary or somewhere. You know, yeah. is, there, is there a sort of, without going to the extent, a sort of a sense of cultural imperialism, a, a delight in, in, in seeing your culture go beyond its own borders? I think so, because obviously most capoeiristas know that this art is around the world. Like, there's amazing capoeiristas, people who practice capoeira, that were born in France or Germany or Canada, and they're not Brazilian. And they've adapted this, they, sorry, adopted this art for themselves and, you know, they follow all the traditions and they speak Portuguese and, and I think that's a, prou- a pride point for Capoeira. It's like, look at all these people that come and appreciate our culture. Yeah. Capoeira's history is very ugly and in the sense that it was banned, it was outlawed, it was, you know, something made completely illegal so people had to hide it. And then it got a social stigma against it because, you know, of all these things. And, oh, you practice capoeira, you must be a shady person, Hmm. you know? So for a lot of capoeiristas, it's like, hey, we're out of the shadows. Like, you know, we're not in the shadows anymore. Like, people now, especially from not our culture. So when it left Brazil and people started seeing the value in it, Brazilians that didn't practice capoeira started seeing more value in it as well. They're like, oh... Well, that's that weird thing that the shady people practice. <laughs> Why are these, like, Western people practicing it, you know? And it is pretty widespread. Now, maybe it's just because I've been exposed to it more than most people, but you do see a lot of it. And, do, yeah. like, do you think a lot of people take it up who wouldn't be so interested in the culture as a way of supplementing fitness? Like, because it, it's definitely an amazing workout. 90% of the people that walk through my door are here for fitness. And then the bug somehow gets yeah. in them. And they're like, whoa, this is way more than fitness, you know, and they stick around. I think those that come for fitness, it's great, you know, it is a great workout as you... Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> As you saw, but there's more to it, right? And so, mm. though, the people that want fitness, cool, but the people that want more, get more yeah. as well. Like, we always have, we always say, you get out of Capoeira what you put into it. It's not like, you know, you come for fitness class and then, all right, my hour's done, see you later. If you really want to get good at it, you're going to have to start learning some of the instruments eventually. And, mm. you know, you're going to have to start like, all right, a one hour class isn't necessarily enough. Like, 
you know, you've learned the basics. Now it's time that we really get you in. So as you see, my intermediates, they train for two hours a night. Mm. So, you know, it, you really got to start committing because there's just, again, all right, well, hmm, my acrobatics are getting really sloppy. Like I'm not getting so good at my acrobatics. I need to train those more. Oh, but now my kicks aren't so solid. Or, you know, there's always something that you're like, man, there's, as it's soon as you think you're bored with one thing, there's a new challenge like around the corner and you're like, I haven't even thought about tackling this one yet. Like, yeah, it's a very perfectionist kind of thing. I think if you have like one of these personalities that you like to pay attention to a lot of different things, mm. you get bored easily rather, this is definitely the art for you. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where you're like, there's never a chance to be bored. Yeah. So. Interesting that it brings us right back to where we started on the podcast with Gar mentioned Mensana and Corpore Sano, the, the idea of good health for body and mind and, and the all-encompassing nature of sport. Mm. Uh, we were discussing that and it just brings us right back around and how it's a sort of a... It's all a big circle, absolutely. Yeah. And where can people listening going, wow, I have way too much attention and not enough things to put it on. Where can people, <laughs> where can we can people find that? that? Uh, so you can come check us out if you're in Cork here at Camara Studios. So we're just uh, in the Blackpool area, right after the Heineken factory. Easiest way for people to find us there. Uh, our home on the internet is com. So that's C-A-P-O-E-I-R-A, Cork, C-O-R-K.com. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com, again, forward slash Cupway to Cork. And if there's people that are like, hey, I'm interested in the music and not so much the physical side, Blocco Hebeldia practices out of here every Monday night at 7 p.m. And that's uh, facebook.com forward slash Blocco, B-L-O-C-O, Rebeldia, R-E-B-E-L-D-I-A. And if neither of those entices you and you want to join Andrea Williams' class, she's also here at 7 p.m. on Mondays teaching Kuduru and some Afro-Brazilian dances. So we got something for everybody. Even someone who would be a little heavier like yourself, I don't think it's something that you should be afraid to do. It seems so much fun and it's got music, fighting, dance, all incorporated into one that it's... That, that's something that I think is the most important for me is... I get a lot of questions uh, when people want to try a class. I'm not very fit. And I'm like, that's okay. That's my job. Like, that's what we're here for. I think, and it's not just capoeira, I think with any kind of fitness, just go. Just do it because any good, there's going to be tons of bad fitness out there. There is tons. There's bad capoeira schools. There's good capoeira schools. There's bad CrossFit gyms. There's good CrossFit gyms. You know, anything Mm. you do, you'll find good and you'll find bad. But if you find good, they should be able to adjust to your fitness level. Like I tell people, I don't care how much you weigh, I don't care how unfit or fit you are. Two days later, you are going to be sore after my class. <laughs> it's just a thing. You're using new muscles that you're not used to bombarding. It, you're just going to be sore. I don't care if you're like a premier bodybuilder. You come to my class, two days later, you're going to be walking funny. Same thing with somebody who's like a couch potato. Come to my class, you'll be walking funny two days later. But it gets better. It gets easier after time. Anyone can do it. I've seen a 67-year-old man start with us in Toronto for the first time and he kept on training with us for six or seven years after that and he got pretty good and I've also met somebody who had a a really massive thyroid problem and he was easily 300 pounds wow easily he trained capoeira with us and obviously like maybe you won't do backflips right away and things like that but it's got something for you and it's you know and it's not just capoeira it's fitness like if you find the right place it doesn't matter what your level of fitness is 
They'll for adapt sure. to you and they'll get you fit. So And capoeira seems great for just mobility. You have to put yourself into these contorted poses that just, you know, like it's like it always happens that I expected you to be sweating and falling down. But, you know, you, you for a person on the first night, you did pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I did great. But I'm <laughs> kicking very high. <laughs> that doesn't matter. You went upside down and you did a cartwheel. I don't know how if you had previous cartwheel experience, but... Yeah, <laughs> wagon wheels were more your vibe. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I totally recommend everybody check out Capoeira Camara Cork. Paolo, thank you very much for having thank us. Thank you, guys. Totally appreciate, appreciate it. it. Capoeira. Capoeira. How would you find it? Sexy fight dancing. Sexy fight dancing. Was it as sexy as you thought? Yeah, it encompassed an awful lot of things I wasn't expecting. Like, okay, I was basically just expecting to go in, do some fighty things, and then go. Yeah. But there's a whole musical kind of a setup at the end. It was almost like it was religious in some respects. Well, it does come from there. There's religion involved. Is there a religion? Called Candomblé. It, it, it'd be their okay. their form of religion. Uh, well, the the Brazilians and and the slaves at the time. But I I know what you mean because it is it's ceremonial music. You, it is, yeah. So it's kind of like okay, I have no idea what's happening now. Yeah. So that all kind of caught me by surprise. And again, even the like there is a sort of an underlying, and I didn't realize it that there was an underlying sort of everyone has nicknames, which happens in roller derby as well. But uh, again, you could see that that might have connotations to the to a sort of a religious yeah I wonder, origin. I wonder what polar bear would be in Brazilian Portuguese. I'm going to say polaris bearus, pig Latin. <laughs> <laughs> but as a workout. As a workout, it was... You were sweating balls. I was sweating balls. It was exhausting enough. It was hev- very heavy on the upper leg. I can't remember what you call them. The quads. My quads. It was very yeah. heavy going on my quads. Also, at the very beginning, we did uh, warm-up stretches. They weren't stretches. They were sort of moving stretches. Uh, where we did a thing called the gorilla, where you sort of walk like a gorilla. And then you walk backwards as if you're a gorilla who would like to walk backwards. <laughs> and he, we did another one called, I think it was the chimp. You walked a bit like a chimp who th- thought he had crab syndrome. Those were a, a very, very heavy going. Because your val- balance is, is all sort of off. And also, I'm just not used to putting all that weight on, on my arms. Well, that's what he was saying. It, it, all the weight is is put onto your arms. So and it's... A huge upper body exercise. It's a huge upper body, and very good, I'd say, too. But sure, you could see everyone else was motoring, and there was Stephen, he kind of gone, oh, I'm done. That was like the fullest room of people who could walk on their hands I've ever been in. Yeah, there was nobody who was bad at it. Yeah. Expare me. And that was the beginner class. Yeah. It's just very heavy going. Well, would you go back? Would you take it up? It's, of all, you've asked me that after each thing we've done of all of them is the one I, I most see myself going back to why I think it's the, it seems like the most accessible one like I just know I wouldn't be good at roller or derby yeah and pole dancing is just it's too niche in terms of like I don't know anyone in Limerick who does it but that's a that's a big endorsement out of everything we've done so far. You go, oh, yep, that's my that's my. Is that your favorite? Would you put it like that? I don't know. Is it my favorite? But it's definitely the one I could see myself going back doing. Yeah. I think it's in terms of it, yeah, it's accessibility and also it was fun. And I'd, I'd say you come out ripped if you were doing it the whole time. Absolutely, because there's no part of your body it doesn't work. You no, know, it was working I'd, your arms. I'd say the core, especially because when you're doing the. 
uh, I can't remember what they're called. The, the main thing we were doing. Yeah. You're you're really using your core because you're you're kind of there's a lot of balance and movement of balance involved. So I'd imagine that's really good for that. Absolutely, I I would definitely recommend that as well. If you want to check him out, go onto Facebook. Put in Capoeira Camara Cork. That's C A M A R A, or just stick it into Google. They've got a website as well. Out of ten, I give it seventy four. Seventy four out of ten, and they were great as well. Everybody who was they kind were, of helping yeah, out, and yeah. Paolo was just so professional. Yeah, it was brilliant. Incredibly fit, dude. There you go, Capoeira. Capoeira. Sexy fight dancing. Sexy fight dancing. Time now to move over to the app review. Now, last week we had Strava. Before that, we had Seven Minute Fitness. What do we have this week? We have Google Fit this week. I spotted and I went, oh, I wonder what that's about. And it is brilliant. It sort of, it integrates with Strava, which I really like. This, now, I've been following, doing it, I think it's here. Even, so you can see my sedentary days and my more active days. But it showed, like, I took 8,518 steps. My average pace is 9.27 minutes a kilometre. Uh, my estimated distance was, I, it stopped, obviously, after 7 kilometres. And I've been an hour at it. 992 calories I'd burned at that point. Now that's the most important part of the app, I think, so far. Tell, telling you what calories you're burning. Yeah. Um, now, I just, like, yesterday, I, my phone's been acting up again lately on account of... Uh, I like to listen to music when I'm running. For some reason, that's been gone gammy on me. But yesterday, I ran for 1 hour and 54 minutes. I walked for 31. And even when I do, haven't it linked up to Strava, it's still kind of is recording stuff. Okay, so take us through the review. Tell us... What it does, not just integrate with Strava, what, what you can do with this app? Well, it's more so it just informs you about what you were at and it gives you the details. It also tells you the amount of calories you burn. Like yesterday, I, th- I think I burned a stupid amount of calories. You put in your details, your weight and stuff, because obviously if you went out uh, for a run and I went for a run, I'd burn more calories because yeah. there's more of me to burn. So what else does it do? Uh, it tells you your steps, it tells you your... It's just it basically gives you information as to... It also, it like, there it tells me the elevation of my run. You can see that it, there's uphills and there's downhills. Does it do anything else other than running? Yeah. So I saw you can you can integrate a lot of apps into this. One, one of them is the 7-Minute Fitness app. This, this is all basically... It also tells you, which I find interesting, is the amount of calories you're burning through inactive calories. So like today it says, suggests that I've burned 1,295. By doing nothing? Yeah, by just being me. Ah, I know. By existing. Ah, I know. No. You do. You burn calories by existing, obviously. But not over a thousand. Otherwise it'd be dead. You, apparently you burn about 2,000 a day, I think. Just sitting on your arse? Yeah. Otherwise, you know them to, you're, the way they say you should take in 2,000 yeah. calories a day. Otherwise, if you weren't burning 2,000 calories a day sitting on your arse, you would, uh, you'd just become a big fatty. Okay, fair enough. And it tells me the amount of steps I'm taking today and all the rest of it. And it kind of uh, awards me when I, it comes up, you've got done an hour. Yeah. When I was researching it, when you told me, right, I've picked this one to do this week, I went and researched the app and I thought, what, what would Stephen like about this? What I'm getting from it is you, you react really well to positive enforcement. Mm. Whereas if you have something in front of you that says, well done, you burned this many calories, you, you've done this. 
I think that's the the biggest. Yeah, I really like it. Now, I'm sure there's a load more other stuff that it does, but this is all I've figured out thus far. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't know what else what else it can do, but it does this. Yeah. I really like it. You should, you should try and get the, mix, the 7 Minute Fitness app into it then. And does that play into it, does it? You're the worst reviewer in the <laughs> world. Yes, it does. It, a whole host of, of apps can blend into this. Okay. But 7 Minute Fitness is one of them because we've already reviewed that and we've got it. Yeah, well, I have to get it again because it was on my other phone. Yeah, that will work into it as well. And that's just a great fitness mm. thing anyway. So, out of 10. Give it 10. You're never getting hired by men's <laughs> health at all. Like, generally, you've you've given like an 8 to 10 rating to every app we've done yet. Well, it does what I wanted it to do. Exactly. But could it do it more for you? No idea what I should. Like, what else could it do? No, you're happy with the app. That's okay. You're the reviewer. You give it 10. That's okay. Okay, so it's make or break time with the weigh in. We thought last week or the week before that we were doing all good up until this moment, and then you know, kind of came toppling in around your ears. How are you feeling? Feel good. I feel I've done like a lot this week that was positive, and I feel that I should reap the benefits. I'm expecting that as well because you have been exercising more and your downfall last week I think was, was eating more. So your eating's better this week, your exercise is better, you're, it's going to be much better. Are you good to go? Now can I go for a wee first? Yeah. You feel better after that? Yeah. Was that a tactical wee to get the water weight down or what? Bit both. You need a wee. You happy? Yeah. Right? Yeah, on you go. Okay, we'll sit back down there and, and get comfortable. Eight pounds, that's double what you've ever had before. Double the entirety. Yeah. So that marks now you're down a full stone. Full stone. A stone and a pound. That's a great start. I mean, we had our first month, we took a break. This is the start of the second section now and you're flying it. And I'm over the hump. Yes, it was a long time. That was a long time coming. That sort of a week where I went really well. Yeah. How, how do you feel? Feel good. Like, I don't know, did I mention it, but uh, I haven't worn a belt now this week because I've been wearing mostly shorts. But early on, like before the weekend, uh, I went in a notch on my belt. Which Great. Was, which was a good sort of a physical kind of a, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I feel kind of trimmer and things. Well, down a pound. High five. Down, down a stone pounds. even. Yeah. A stone. We're just coming to the end of the show now. This week has been a, a rip-roaring success. Thankfully. <laughs> it's about, about freaking time. I felt like this was just the most miserable bloody podcast in the world. <laughs> kind of like Just like you crying over your pizza. Chronicling Stephen's <laughs> crapulence and failures. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm delighted. You've got the smile you now that you usually have when we're out doing activities like the, the weightlifting and the pole dance and all that. You, when we do that, you've always got this great happiness about you and I know that's finally transferred to what we do here yeah no and I feel an awful lot better for having lost weight the, that, that much weight already I feel less like the Michelin man I start to feel more uh, kind of human again because I, I was I was just gone that much too far that, that stone was very much a stone too far that sort of brought me beyond being comfortable at all in myself so, make a prediction for next week. 
You're down at 1711 now. I think the obvious one to pull uh, is I want to try break the 17 and a half stone mark. Okay. Which is... 177. Uh, 177. Yeah. God, you're awful at math. Fair about at numbers, yeah, no, I am. 177. Um, so I think if I could lose, it's what, four, and, if I could lose five pounds all in this week, that would be, I know in some respects that's a, a big ask in terms of after coming off the back of having a. a yes, but in other respects, it's very, very doable. But at the same time, I've improved an awful lot in terms of my mannerisms, my, my practices, so. There's no reason to think it's it's not doable either. Yeah. So we'll see. This week's checklist, before we go. We've put down, like I said already, with the app review, I want you to do Gillian Michaels, slim down, and again, another three three quick meals. One you wanted to add was visiting the gym. Yeah, I think that, like, in some respects, when, when I've finished all this, I, I don't want to just be hungry looking. And I can build muscle quickly enough. I'd sooner try and you know just shape it it's also very good for weight loss in itself yeah now what i'm putting on and it is a little offshoot off that is a home routine what i want you to do is develop it can take as long as you want it can take 10 minutes it can take 30 minutes but develop something you can do at home maybe once or twice a day now that can be that's up to you be as creative as you want with it yeah that but like it can involve your seven minute workout app your couple of minutes of stretches yeah i think maybe i might focus a bit on stretches for the simple reason that if i'm doing runs yeah if i now don't leave it just to stretches but make it something that is beneficial overall and so once you have this home routine you can go oh no it's not the weather's not as nice today i'll do this at home maybe planking as well well planking is on the seven minute app because uh like if i am going to the gym and things i think planking would be something I could do at home that is is uh, beneficial also. Do but widen your horizons. Don't just think about planking and stretching. I'm going to plank the fuck out of it. <laughs> make something that will benefit and, and yeah, just a home routine. And the last one I want, and I think this is a good idea, is I want you to start putting together a little recipe book. A little black book of recipes. Just get a notebook, write down all your five minute meals, different kinds of things so that when this podcast is over you've actually got a, a little device in front of you that goes, oh, look, these are stuff that I'm not intimidated by because I've cooked already and I can do it again. And you know they're healthy, so you'll be mm. encouraged not to go back to eating crap. And I don't know, maybe we'll raffle it off to people at the end if, if they want it. But it, it's, I think, having a little document in your hand that goes, oh, this is, is attainable. Because you, you said you were very intimidated by loads of ingredients and things like that. Mm. Now, I think it should get more complex as it goes along and start using more ingredients and spices and stuff yeah definitely I think we should leave it there now so you can go out for your run and enjoy your being a stone down I'm not going for a run because as I've already said we're in the final of the youth championship against Dune this evening oh yes you did already say about that among your list of things you've mentioned three times today between that and your water infuser (laughs) okay well I've been Adam Lahey this is Health Binge and beside me is Health Binger I'm still Stephen Ryan. Thank God.